Well, we are in the third part of seven parts that we're going to go together. Um, we're going to uh, make this series made it real easy for me to pick my wardrobe on Sunday morning. I've got three of these T-shirts. Now, which one did I wear last week? I won't wear that one. And I'll wear a different one. And it's we just stay focused on this. This I, heart, San Angelo. I'm going to love my community. Because we've talked about going to Acuna and, and making a difference there. And we talked last week about how I, I got another email that the guy that we do our, that is our contact for the Navajo Nation, that he was having to give a speech somewhere. And he, he bragged on our group again. I mean, he's just using our group over over and over again about how we didn't go just to hit it one time but we're about to go for our fourth time back to these same communities and making this impact and that's a great thing to 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 travel and to go and do that and for us to support Takun ministries in in israel and for us to support house of faith right here where we live but you know what if it doesn't impact our daily every day everybody we contact live then you know what it's falling short so if you've got your uh, I, your uh, iPhone, iPad, whatever, iDevice, your Droid, whatever, and you get your, your U uh, version app open or you've got your notes, let's just jump into the middle of this, okay? Because you and I, folks, we have an assignment. We have an assignment <clears throat> to love every person we come in contact with. And that's whatever kind of contact. And you know what? And some people are easier to love than other people. And I tell you what, cell phone people are sometimes not easy to love. If you work for a cell phone company, we love you. And we are praying for you. And uh, because I tell you what, I've had a frustrating thing that's rung out for six weeks. And I've dealt with it and my wife has dealt with it. And we have to remind ourselves, you know what? The person we're going to talk to, it's not their fault. And we're going to love them. We're going to treat them nice. And uh, bless God, we think it's fixed. We think it's dealt with. But you know what? Some things are easier to deal with. Some things are easier to love than other things. But we got to come and we got to love everybody we come in context in every context that we come in contact with them. The person that takes a little bit longer to respond to the green light than maybe we do. We're right there behind them. We're in contact with them. You know what? We can, we can take a couple of extra, a five count before we lay on the reminder to quit texting and recognize it's green. It's okay to give a nice little doot. It's the bah! And then holding it as you pass them. Ah! As you pull in front of them. Ah! As you hit your brakes. As you sit at the next light for the whole thing to go through a full cycle. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Nice little, eh. I'm not telling any stories on you, baby. <laughs> she's, really not, she's really not too bad. Although she's one of the, she's had to learn that, that the, the horn, it's my dominion. When I'm in the driver's seat, that's my horn. Okay? If she's in the driver's seat, that could be her horn. But she's sitting over there. She's not allowed to reach over and honk the horn. I've seen her do it in other people's cars. I'm not joking. All of a sudden, the friend of ours is driving, and she's reaching over and honking their horn. And they're like, like they need to go. Like, Woman, this message is for you. 
<laughs> we haven't even got through the first sentence. This loving our neighbor thing, folks, it's going to require time. It is absolutely going to require time. And we need to make room in our hearts and in our schedules for some of our seconds. Sometimes all it takes to love somebody is a couple of seconds. That, that deal at the, at the green light, it's just a couple of seconds. How many times have you made one little mistake? Okay, You were maybe texting, daydreaming, whatever. And somebody uh, lays the horn on you. They could have given you five extra seconds, and it changed your mood for the whole day. How many of you had that happen? We think that it does, but I'll tell you, it can, it can shift your demeanor. It can get under your skin. It can carry you. And now, are you responsible for getting a hold of that? Yes, I'm not saying they're not responsible. But we need to do our part to help not push people, not provoke them if we don't have to. Let's, let's share some seconds, some minutes, and some hours to be invested into others. This is a scripture we've gone over two other times. We're going to go over it a total of seven times. Galatians 5. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature Rather, serve one another in love. Isn't this awesome that we're not sitting up here talking about being nice to each other so that we can impress God and get into heaven? So that these are things so that you can, you can win brownie points and you can finally keep the, the scale tilted and you got to do some good stuff and have some good karma out there to undo your bad karma. We're not up here talking about that junk. We're not up here talking about loving each other because so that all of a sudden we can we have this place of of service and there's even this place of indebtedness to love others. And what the truth is, there is. But that's not what we're here for. That's not what we're talking about. And that's not even what Paul's talking about. Paul is talking about that we're free. And so, you know what, when we as believers, when we're nice to somebody, when we show love to somebody, it's it can be genuine. They don't have to go, well, you're just doing this because you feel guilty and you're doing this out of this, this thing to God. No, I'm doing it because I love you. God loves me. I'm not trying to get in there. He's not going to love me any more than he already does now. I'm doing this just because I love you. It pulls all of the extra ulterior thing out of it. We have no ulterior motive to love somebody else other than just to love them. Isn't that awesome? That's what the scripture is telling us. We've got freedom. But let's not use it selfishly. Let's serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. We have to do that. And so many times, this, this seconds, these minutes, these hours, they tick by and, and we get into this rhythm. We get into this thing and all of a sudden life is just clicking by. And we just kind of get used to the schedule and we get used to the pace and this, this sense of urgency can kind of so easily go away and we just recognize oh, i can do it tomorrow or I'll, I'll do it later or you know we you know me, me, i've got a busy work week me and the wife can have a, a special date night another week we can do something else i can i can go and do that special thing with the kids another one oh i can make that phone call to mom another time there's no sense of urgency you know every once in a while we get this little smack in the face that reminds us that man time's short and um, one of my most memorable ones was years and years ago. It was Cutie and I had just hadn't even been married a year yet. We were in our first apartment over on Art Road. And um, we had a, uh, a guy uh, three apartments down who, um, anyways, was, uh, was obviously had, had a different uh, choice in lifestyle than we did. 
And uh, so we had been around him for months. He'd been, he lived there before we moved in. And this whole time, we'd seen him at the, uh, he talked to Cutie when she was working with some flowers. And we'd had a few little encounters with him, but, but never took the opportunity to really share Christ with him. Well, then one day I could come home from, from work, working for the church, and see the guy. And just honestly, he just looked like a human skeleton. I mean, he was in the final, final stages of HIV having its full course in his body. And he was just this. He just, his, you just see his bones. He was sitting at his little bistro set in front of his apartment. And he had to have a pillow to put his arm on because it was just too painful just to set his arm on the surface. Everything was padded. And he was just sunken in. And you just tell. I mean, it didn't take. I didn't have to be a doctor to tell. This guy has days to live. This just isn't long. So I go into our apartment, and I just, oh, I just, my heart is just overwhelmed. It's like, does this guy know God? Does he? Does he? He is about, his life is about to be over. So I call a buddy of mine, and I tell him, look, we've got to talk to this guy, and, and we go kind of back and forth here. And so finally we decide, he comes over, Brandon comes over, and, and so we decide that we pray up for a little bit, and we pray for him. And um, time goes by, and, and now the sun goes down, okay? And so uh, we decide that we're going to go over there, and I'm going to see if he's there. I'm just going to knock on the door, and I'm just going to talk to him. So I knock on the door, bedroom light's right there, and all of a sudden the bedroom light just clicks off. And he doesn't answer the door. He doesn't do anything. I don't have his phone number. I don't have anything, so I'm knocking at the door. I know he's in there. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? So we're praying and praying and praying. So Brandon starts walking up and down the deal, praying and singing and praying and singing. And so finally, I just take that chair he'd been sitting in. I just turn it around, and I just start talking to him through his window. I know he's right there, and I start, it's just a one-way conversation. And so I'm just sitting there looking in the screen window and just talking to him and telling him that God loves him and telling him he can make a decision for Christ and, and telling him that, that what Jesus has done. And, and uh, finally, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna show you how to pray. If you haven't ever prayed, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna show you. This is an example, and you can follow me now, or or you or say it. But here it is. And so I pray one sided through the screen, and right as I get done with my amen, then clink, one of uh, San Angelo's finest uh, puts me in the spotlight, and uh, he'd called the police because I'm crazy man just talking to him through his window, and. Uh, so uh, we have a nice little conversation, and as I'm looking in the screen with the chair right there, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm talking to him. <laughs> and I uh, said, there's nobody there. Like, okay, whatever. There's somebody there. He said, yeah, you need, you need to go on. You don't need to be harassing anybody. So I did. I went on. And uh, sure enough, um, three days later, he passed away. He was gone. Um, did he do anything with what was I have no idea at this point. I'll know it at, in eternity. But I have no idea at this point. The point of the story is that all of a sudden there was this moment of urgency. There's this moment that something has to be done. This moment of recognition that we can't, this can't be delayed forever. And you and I, you and I ought to have a sense 
of urgency about the way we deal with our time. So here is this place where you and I should have this thing that our time matters. It's short. There's this urgency. I may not get another shot. Not having this morbid mentality that some tree fall on me and squish me at any minute. or Not, not walking with this death consciousness, but this life consciousness that this is the only opportunity that you and I as mortals have the opportunity to step over from death to life. And we want everybody that possibly can to do that. Well, there ought to be this sense of urgency. There ought to be this expectancy. There ought to be this thing that's, that's wired within us. See, Psalms 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When we recognize, when we recognize that we have a limited supply of these days in this mortal existence, we eternal creatures... When we step over into Christ, we are, we are, we're going to be in the presence of God and we're His forever. But this mortal existence will come to an end, whether it's in a flash when Jesus returns or when we naturally expire. It will come to a place. And when we have this understanding of that, it helps us to walk in wisdom. I love, I love, I love this root Hebrew word here. Okay, And it's simply yom. And it's from this unused root word meaning to be hot. A day as in the warm hours. This is literally from sunrise to sunset. So here's this the reckoning my days. Back when this was written, okay, they didn't have obviously the little electric lights. They could just, okay, the sun goes down, fire up the electricity. We just keep on moving. Our days are not controlled by the sun. Our productivity is not controlled by that. But they were. They're opportunities to get stuff done when the sun was down bink, it's over it's over you have to work real hard and expend a lot of energy to burn something to create a little bit of light to carry on a little bit of productivity hear this thing of understanding let me recognize the warm parts let me understand my opportunities what are my opportunities so that i can live in wisdom not just this fact that i'm part of the, of this eternal cycle but god help me to recognize and number my opportunities i don't want to waste my opportunities I'm telling you, there are these, there's this part of me. As I've got a son who's now a, a senior in high school. It's changed my thought life on, on my opportunities. I want to have as many meals with him as I possibly can. I want to do all these different things that I possibly can. It's just because it's made me aware of my opportunities. We have to do that. So here is this place of urgency. Now, how do we not be a bunch of raving idiots because of this sense of, ah! How do we not have it turn us into that? Because we have to understand the power of patient love. We tie these, we tether these things together, and it makes this time, this urgency and this patience working together helps us make the most of every opportunity and that when we understand the power of patient love when paul is talking there in first corinthians 13 and he is describing love the first thing he says about it is it's patient it's a lot of other things too but the first thing love is patient it's patient second peter 3 9 says the lord is not slow 
in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. You ever feel like God's a little on the slow side? Let's all be honest here. I have felt like, God, you're taking your sweet time. I know you have got eternity. I've got a few days. We're all not on the same timeline here, Jesus. I've been there, and I think you've been there too. But the beautiful thing is, is God is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What a beautiful, wonderful, beautiful thing. God's love is patient so that he can bring along as many of us as will turn and, and say yes to him and embrace the gift of Jesus. Romans 2 says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? This is in reference, just a couple of scriptures before, he's talking about us judging each other. Typically when we judge each other, it's because somebody's not moved forward with God in an area that maybe we think we did. We may not really have. We may be deluding ourselves, but we kind of think we did. And then, so and we, they're, needing some, they're needing to move along. That's why the baseline here for Celebration Church is we're going to be incredibly patient with each other. We're going to hold to the idea that we're going to move forward. You're, we want you to grow. We, you're going to move forward. We're going to be patient with you as you do it. Because we don't want to slip into this. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his patience, to, his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that it's God's kindness that leads you to repentance? It's his kindness. It's his kindness. Ah, And it shows up in patience. It shows up in that. See, there's this thing. There's kind of, it gets down to this difference as we begin to deal with, and, and it's not that we're ignoring each other's shortcomings because the Bible tells us, talks about us iron sharpening iron. It's not that we just don't deal with or, or that God would ever use us to deal with, with, with struggle issues in each other's lives. And we'll just call them sin. The Bible refers to it as sin. But as, as we're growing and these become maturity issues for us as believers then it's when we're patient with each other, it's, there's the difference between me coming in and saying, man, your house is messy. Or me coming in and saying, hey, how can I, how can I help? Is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can be a part of? Is there still maybe the little bit of sting that, yeah, <laughs> something's got to be done here. There's a whole other thing. And we say, man, your house is a wreck. You need to deal with that. And me saying... Hey, come on, I'm willing to help. Let's, 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 let's get this done. That's the kind of thing. When we address, when we address issues and the Holy Spirit uses us in that way, it's always going to be on the other side. Hey, man, I'm, I, I realize you're struggling with this. The Holy Spirit has revealed this to me, and that means there's a responsibility on my end to pray for you and to support you and to do everything that I can to help you in this. Always, always, that's the way it is. 1 Timothy 1.16 says, But for that very reason, I was shown, I was shown mercy, so that in me the worst of sinners, Paul understands himself to be the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who believe on him and receive eternal life. And then Hebrews, 12, Hebrews 6.12 
says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. There is this urgency and this patience. God, you're faithful. That patience is found in understanding the faithfulness of God that he will not slow down on us. And so what we need to understand that in this, with this urgency, with this urgency and this patience, that sometimes, folks, love is just demonstrated by you being willing to stop. Sometimes we just need to just stop and just be there for somebody. Just be willing to invest a little bit of time. I got a video I want to show you. It's called Strangers. This is Nate. Nate became a Christ follower two weeks ago and is still a bit giddy about it, though he's trying not to do cartwheels in public. Nate became a believer partly because of Kim. Yet, oddly enough, Kim and Nate have never met. Now, is this possible? Well, let's take a look. Kim loved Jesus from an early age, and in college she had a huge impact on her friends. While most of her peers used their college years to, well, experiment, Kim didn't. She remained committed to her faith, and it showed. It especially showed to Lisa, her roommate, who confessed to Kim that she wanted whatever it was that made Kim so strong. Kim shared her faith with Lisa, and Lisa believed. Years later, at Lisa's first real job, she met Thomas. Thomas was hit by a drunk driver when he was 13 and still carried a lot of anger and bitterness. Thomas and Lisa became friends, and it wasn't long before he started going to church with Lisa and her husband. After a lot of studying and searching, Thomas gave his life to Christ. Fast forward a few years. Thomas became a public speaker and was often asked to speak at large events. See, when he became a believer, Thomas developed a new perspective on life. He stopped resenting what had been taken from him and started being thankful for the second chance he had been given. On one particular day, Thomas shared about overcoming hardship and what it means to choose joy. He was so passionate that a number of people were inspired to share a link to his video. The video of Thomas inspired James, too. And if anyone needed inspiration, it was him. James had a ton of issues. He spent most of his life as a passive husband, an absent father, and a horrible friend. That said, no one disliked him more than he disliked himself. But everything changed the night he happened to watch Thomas online. Something clicked and he knew what he had to do. He surrendered his miserable life to someone greater, and he was forever changed. James fought hard to make up for the lost years with his family. And he also began working with young men who were in danger of throwing their lives away. One of those men was Nate. Nate didn't really know his own dad, and he had no real direction in life ultimately bouncing from one bad decision to another. Because of that, he often found himself in trouble with the law. No one had ever showed him what it looked like to be a real man. That is, until he met James. James became the first father figure Nate ever had. He learned about honesty, self-control, humility, and integrity, and where those traits come from. Two months later, Nate publicly declared his belief in Christ. And of course, James was there. Now you can see the connection. Nate was impacted by James. He was influenced by Thomas. 
Thomas saw an uncommon joy in Lisa, who learned of Jesus from Kim. Kim's relationship with God eventually led to Nate's. Funny how these two people have never met and never will. They never will in this life, maybe. Life to come. The thing about all, all of those, every one of them required an investment of time. All of them did. All of them required coming out of the normal schedule and doing something else. See, ultimately, this thing, if we're going to love other people with our time, with our seconds, with our minutes, with our hours, then it's simply going to be us adapting ourselves to somebody else's timeline. Whether we're being willing to be a little bit extra patient at that stop line, or maybe with the cashier that's, that's messed up our, our order a couple of times at Walmart, and us just being willing to show her a little bit of love and a little bit of patience as she's having one of the worst days at work she's ever had. Us being willing to just stop. When our little ones walk up and have something so exciting to share, us actually stopping what we're doing and listening. One of my moments as a dad would happen when Brooklyn was a little bitty and I was zoning out on TV as I'm so talented at. And she was standing on the couch, and she was about two years old, and she was talking, 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 and I'm focused. And all of a sudden, her little hands grabbed my face and whipped my head around. And she says, Daddy, listen to me. <laughs> I said, I'm so sorry, baby girl. Yes, what, what, did, what do you need? It's those types of things. We have to be willing to do that. 1 Corinthians 16 says, I don't want, you, I don't want to see you now. And make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. He wanted to invest real chunks of time, of time, of time. We see this over and over and over again. We see the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, the guy who does the, the best good deed ever. This guy's schedule totally gets jacked and interrupted as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho. A large crowd followed him. <clears throat> Wait, this is Jesus. Sorry, I'm going to get to the other one. I got ahead of myself. But this is Jesus taking some time. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him and two blind men were sitting on the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus is going. He's moving. And the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. And they shouted all the louder. Everybody else is trying to leave him alone, leave him alone. And they cried all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped. And he called them, what do you want for me to do to you? And of course he gave them their sight, but it required. He was willing to stop and hear Luke, the good Samaritan. As a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. He's traveling. He's on the road between uh, Jerusalem and Jericho. He's traveling. You weren't out there for no reason. Things like this guy getting waylaid by bandits happened. You weren't out there taking a stroll, killing some time. I've got a few hours. It says, as he traveled, he was going somewhere. 
he came to where the man was, the guy that had been robbed and beaten and left for dead, and that two other people had already seen him and walked by on the other side. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put him on his own donkey and took him to the inn and took care of him. And the next day, he's invested a whole day into this guy, and he took out two silver coins. Now he's dipping into his money. And he gave them to the innkeeper and he said, you look after him. So when he didn't have the time to invest in the guy, he paid somebody to invest some time into him. And he says, and when I return, I will reimburse you for every expense that you have. Which of these, the two that passed by or this guy who they, a Samaritan they despised, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? But I just, we were at lunch just not too long ago, and I was sitting there, and we were um, talking with uh, Cutie's dad, and he said that uh, his sister, who's in her 70s, um, was having to figure out a, a, a new kind of place to live, because she's crossing the street, and as she's crossing the street to go get her mail and whatnot, she falls down. She falls into, and she's in the middle of the road. And she falls down in the middle of the road, and she would, couldn't get back up. And she said she was appalled that three cars just went on. Here's a lady in the middle of the road. Not one, but three. Bless God they took the time to swerve. They invested a second in changing their car's direction. They didn't put their car into park and help her up to see what was going on. Folks, just some basic compassion. Some basic compassion. We need to be willing to have our schedules interrupted. Galatians says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those, to the family of believers, as we have opportunity. Those sunny moments in our lives, let's take them, let's invest them. And the next place we want to talk about is being willing to listen. Let's love by listening. James 1 says, Dear, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Listening, can, just having somebody listen to you can be so healing. So there are some people, they just need to get something off their chest, and they just need somebody to be willing to listen. As a young husband, I learned this years and years ago. When Cutie would begin to talk, I thought she wanted me to fix things. She didn't always want me to fix things. She wanted me to listen. Not two seconds into it, I go, all right, got this one down. Boop, boop, let's do this. All right. Next problem. I'm on a roll, baby. That was not what she wanted. She wanted to talk. She wanted to, to share. She needed somebody to listen. Just be there and be willing to be a friend and listen. Psalms 5, here's the cry of the psalmist, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my sighing, listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice, in the morning I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. We are built with this desire we need to be heard and listened to. We want to know that God is hearing us. And if you showed up wondering that, I'm going to hear God has heard you. 
If you're here going, I just feel like my, my prayers are getting nowhere. God has heard you. Don't get weary in, in waiting. Don't get frustrated with God's patience as he's working this out in a bigger way than you even know. He's heard you. Because folks, you and I, we're created to know God and to help others to know him too. And God will work through us through real, genuine acts of service to show his love to a hurting world. But folks, it's just going to require time. It's just going to require time. Let's leave a little buffer in our hours. Let's leave a little space. Let's leave a little wiggle room in our schedule so that we can take the time to invest into other people. Maybe you just need this week, need to invest some time and some extra time in your family. I challenge you. We all got our little phones and our accounts. Schedule it. Shouldn't that be spontaneous? What if you're not good at spontaneous? Schedule it. Be purposeful. Get it done. Get it done. This morning, folks, we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity. And we've already covered the fact that God is patient, not wanting anybody, not wanting anybody to miss out on this. If you're here this morning and you have delayed in saying yes to Christ, guess what? God has not gotten frustrated with you. He's not done. He's been patient. He's patiently waiting at this moment. So the question is, is if you've delayed, are you ready? Are you ready to take the opportunity? The sun is shining on that part of your life right now. Let's take it. I'd appreciate it if everybody kind of bow your heads.